Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Thank you, Stephen A. Smith. This is Rashawn McDonald, and I'm the host of MoneyMakingConversations.com. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. Please leave with your gifts. My guests on MoneyMakingConversation.com this week are Stephen A. Smith, host of ESPN's First Take, Sports Center with Stephen A. Smith, and ESPN Plus, Stephen A.'s World. Mariana Vanzella, discussing her new National Geographic show, Traffic with Mariana Vanzella. Robert Brace will be breaking down his new 28-day fitness challenge program. Ernest and Barbara Smiles, founders of a face shield that allows your smile to shine. Visit MoneyMakingConversation.com right now. Listen to my podcast. I am Rushan McDonald. Happy New yeah. It's a very special guest I have on the show today. Uh, his name is Stephen A. Smith. We'll start right there. Before we get started with my interview with Stephen A. Smith, let's look at his early media snapshot of 2021. As listen, Stephen A. Smith will continue to host his popular ESPN First Take Monday through Friday. Then Stephen A. Smith will also host a weekly Wednesday ESPN NBA show called Sports Center with Stephen A. Smith. It premieres January 6th. Stephen A. Smith also hosts a daily half-hour ESPN Plus talk show, Stephen A.'s World. It premieres on January 11th and airs Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday because the Sports Center with Stephen A. Smith airs on Wednesday. Stephen A. Smith will continue his recurring role as Brick on the popular ABC soap opera, General Hospital. It airs January 12th and 13th. Stephen A. Smith is co-producing an HBCU docuseries on the North Carolina Central University basketball team with State Farm spokesperson and NBA superstar Chris Paul. That premieres January 15th. And Stephen A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith, I'm misspelling this man his name, is starting a highly anticipated family-themed animated wrestling movie called Rumble. The release date is May 14th. Yes, he is very busy. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, Stephen, did I leave anything out? First of all, you know. I, I, I don't even know, man. I'm so busy. I, I can't even answer that question definitively, yay or nay, because uh, things are just happening for me. And, you know, through the grace of God and a lot of good things happening to me, for me and you know, my inner circle, my family, my friends, my loved ones, which obviously includes you as well. Uh, things have been going incredibly well. So I'm happy about that. And, you know, we just move along and see how things go moving well, into the future. Well, you know, when, when I listed that schedule, you know, you doing first take. Let's let's look at that first week of January, January mm -hmm. 4th. First take Monday through Friday. Then yeah. Wednesday, January 6th is going to premiere your next show, new show, Sports Center with Stephen A. Smith, which is the NBA centric show. And then that yeah. following week, the premiere of Stephen A's World. Tell us about Stephen A's World. Well, Stephen A's World is a new show that's going to be on ESPN Plus. And as you articulated earlier, the only reason that it's not going to be five days a week is because I have to do the Sports Center with Stephen A. Smith show on ESPN every Wednesday. Not every Wednesday, but most Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. So because of that, it's going to be Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Fridays. And the reason why I'm so incredibly excited about that is, number one, um, it's pulling it's my show. It's pulling me away from the debate format. It's not that I don't enjoy it, uh, but you know, a lot of times you have to depend on others 
you know, in terms of being on air, because again, a debate involves not just you, but the person that you're debating and beyond. Mm -hmm. This is my show. This is me. And not only am I the host of the show, but I'm also going to be the executive producer of the show. Mm -hmm. And I have my own production company, which is Mr. SAS Productions, and that's going to be co-producing it as well. Um, and, and as you well know, uh, because you're my right hand man, uh, it's something that is very incredibly important to me in terms of showing my production chops mm -hmm. uh, as it pertains to content and beyond just knowing, just showing, showcasing what I know how to do in terms of knowing how to generate and, and create content that I think that the public would be interested in, in seeing. And the thing about it is that it's not just in the world of sports, it's beyond. Yes, I can create sports content for ESPN Plus or what have you, but there are things that I can do for Walt Disney as well, uh, along with others, because I've got the kind of contract where obviously as an employee of ESPN and Walt Disney, you know, they're going to get first looked at, at anything. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the event that they decide to move in a different direction or what have you, I have the freedom to venture beyond that to mm -hmm. go to other folks to really show that I can create content for different venues and different genres and things of that nature. So I'm incredibly excited about it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm 53 years of age. So, you know, I didn't want to have my career completely contingent and dependent on me being in front of the camera. I wanted to step behind the camera mm -hmm. and showcase what I could do in that regard as well. And that's what I'm going to have the opportunity to do here. Okay. A lot of information you gave me, Stephen A., but I still don't know what Stephen A.'s world is. What is Stephen, well, Stephen A.'s world? world? Stephen A. World is a half-hour talk show. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a half-hour talk show where is essentially where you're going to still see my takes, opening comment, closing comments. You, but I, I want to bring a bit of levity to the situation. I want to <laughs> show the lighthearted side of me because yeah. my ultimate aspiration is to show that I could host a late night show mm -hmm. uh, similar to what Arsenio Hall did, the great Johnny Carson's, Jay Leno's, David Letterman's, Jimmy Kimmel's, Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Colbert, all of these guys I have tremendous respect and admiration for what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that I want to do moving ahead in the future, um, for the foreseeable future. I don't know how soon that will happen, but I'm confident that I'll be able to showcase what I can do in that regard and that opportunities will be created moving forward into the future in regards to that. So it's going to be a half hour talk show. Uh, I'm going to give you my takes, but you're going to see me bring Stephen A, uh, baby Stephen A into the mix. <laughs> you can see the love doctor when I, you know, I, I stole from Martin Lawrence because that's one of my all time favorite <laughs> comedians. And uh, I, I religiously watched the show Martin every chance I get. I've seen practically every single episode mm -hmm. uh, all the years that he was on. And one of my favorite all-time episodes was when he played the love doctor, you know, where he gave relationship <laughs> advice and things of that nature. So things like that, just to have a lot of fun, laughter, and bring a bit of levity to the situation is something that I want to do. And, you know, of course, I'm going to be, uh, interviews are going to be incorporated into the show as well. But I want people to come on the show to know that I'm bringing them there to celebrate mm -hmm. them, celebrate what they what they're doing, mm -hmm. celebrate their accomplishments, celebrate the visions that they have for themselves moving into the future and beyond. These are all the kind of things that I'm thinking about. And that's what I'm excited about looking forward to it when it comes to my own show, because I think that even though people have seen that side of me, Rashawn, they haven't seen enough of it. And I'm anxious to show it. Why, why has baby Stephen A become a phenomenon? Uh, I give uh, ESPN <laughs> social media folks all the credit in the world because essentially what they've done is they've seen takes that I've be, I've given whether it's on Sports Center uh -huh. or whether it's on um, First Take, and what they've done is they've superimposed a baby face 
Stephen A. And you know, altered the voice a little bit. And all of a sudden you see this baby version of Stephen A, you know, given the same takes that I gave on first take. So it's their brilliance, their creativity. Uh, I got to give them all the credit in the world. My social media guy, Brendan Kaminsky, uh, he definitely spearheaded that. Mike Foss will be working on my new show along with yourself. Uh, he had a lot to do with that as well. I take no credit in doing that whatsoever. I give them all the credit in the world for their brilliance and their creativity. They deserve a lot of credit for coming up with that because it's absolutely hysterical <laughs> and everybody loves it. I'm laughing because of the fact that, you know, I, they've done it on a lot of people, Stephen A. I mean, that's why I got to bring it. But it just went over the top. It just blew up in social media with you. Was it because, first of all, when, I, when I'm looking at you now, I can see the baby Stephen A. And it really does look like a, a smaller version of you but animated, agitated, agitated, like hyper. So well, well, they didn't fake the animated part. You know, uh, that was definitely me. They just attached the baby face to it and altered the voice. Mm -hmm. uh, but that that animation, that definitely was me. And that's always been me. A lot of times people get upset and it's not even for the things that I say. It's the way that I say it. Right. Uh, but I, I quickly remind them and people who know me well quickly right. remind folks. He's always been that way. That's right. the way he talks. Right, right. You know, sometimes I'm mellow and I'm cool. Oh. I'm doing an interview, certain environments or what have you calls for a more cerebral approach to things. But when you're talking sports, you're excited, you're animated, you're enthused, you're emotionally invested. Right. And so as a result of that, I try to bring that to the airwaves because that's what people expect. And more importantly, that's who I am. I'm not faking who I am by any stretch of the imagination, because I think that the, the, the death knell in this business is to come across is inauthentic. So I do everything that I can to make sure that I'm consistently who I am, right. whatever that may be. And that doesn't mean I'm one dimensional because there's multi dimensions to me. But nevertheless, everything that you see from me is a part or an element of who I am from the time I was born to me being 53 years of age right now. Now, now let's talk about producing because you're an HBCU grad and you and I have been fortunate the last couple of years to be you know, brand ambassador for HBCU week. And Stephen A., you've, you've, you've been part of registering on the spot over 2,000 students to attend HBCUs and raised over $11 million in scholarships for students to attend HBCUs. How do you feel about that, man? That's pretty powerful. Well, I'm incredibly proud, um, so, you know, and I'm humbled. Mm -hmm. I'm humbled that I could find a way to have that kind of impact. But to be quite honest with you, Rashawn, I'm also humbled uh, primarily by people like yourself, um, you know, who's the who's the brain, you know, basically you're the brainchild behind all of this. And I think it's important that our Thank audience, you. that your audience knows this. Mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking about being a brand ambassador. I've always been happy to give back mm -hmm. uh, the promise that I made to my late coach, Clarence Big House Gaines from Winston-Salem State, was that I would never forget and that I would always give back because that's all he ever asked of me. He never asked a thing of me other than to never forget my alma mater and always contribute to my alma mater and HBCUs mm -hmm. overall mm -hmm. as much as I possibly could. That's all he ever asked of me in return. Mm -hmm. And I made a vow to him a long time ago that that's exactly what I would do. And mm -hmm. so for me, living up to my promise to him is a very, very big deal. Um, and obviously I've tried and I've strived to do that. But in terms of HBCU week, I never saw that coming. A guy by the name of Rashawn McDonald rolled <laughs> up on me and said, listen, man, I think you should do this. Here's the plan. 
This is what kind of impact I think you can have. This is what I need from you in order to do this. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things that is incredibly important for folks on the come up to recognize, and even those who have made it uh, in case they don't learn a lesson, never refrain from giving credit to those who deserve it. If you're confident enough in yourself and what you bring to the table, you don't have to deny the accolades and the adulation that others so richly deserve. And so when it comes to HBCU Week, yes, I am the brand ambassador. Yes, my name has been attached to it as a result of that 11.4 million scholarships and 11.4 million in scholarships have been given out. All of that is true. But none of that would have happened if you didn't bring it to me. You were the one who brought it to me. You were the one who asked me to do it. You were the one who implored me that this was a good thing. Mm -hmm. And you got to remember, you're also the one that instilled the confidence in me because I was saying me, I would have that kind of impact. You sure? I mean, damn, I work on ESPN. What's the big deal? I mean, are you sure? And you're like, Stephen A, Stephen A, I'm telling you, Stephen A, just listen to me. I'm telling you, trust me on this. And so I listened to you and, um, that it happened from that. So I'm incredibly grateful to you. Mm-hmm. I'm incredibly grateful to my sister, Carmen, who's yes. an educator, my sister, mm-hmm. Linda, who's an educator, who also were behind the scenes, encouraging me to do it. Mm-hmm. When you've got people like that in your life that have a vision for you yes. that you don't see for yourself, yes. but you trust them enough to listen to them. Um, just because you did doesn't mean that they don't deserve credit right. for what you ultimately receive adulation for. And so I just want to thank you. I want to thank my two sisters, Linda and Carmen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to thank, uh, obviously, everybody else, Ashley Cooper and Earl and others who are Mer- Mayor Persicki in Delaware, mm-hmm. uh, Senator Kuhn and others. I just can't thank everybody enough for their involvement in it because it was certainly a collective effort that made it successful, regardless of my face being attached to it. And my man, David Roberts. Got to got That's thank right. You. And of course, David Roberts, my boss at ESPN, um, who's who's the greatest boss that I've ever had. He's tyrannical about winning. Make no <laughs> mistake about it. That's who he is. He is about winning at all costs. Anything he touches, uh, he's is just ultra ultra determined for it to be successful. And and he deserves credit and Norby Williamson deserves credit because mm-hmm. if they did not give it, Norby Williamson is an executive VP at ESPN. Mm-hmm. Dave Roberts is a senior VP at ESPN. If they did not give the okay mm-hmm. for us to do the show mm-hmm. for HBCU week live from Delaware State, it would have never happened. Mm-hmm. And so it's incredibly important to remember people realize, sometimes people don't realize that I'm not the boss you know, at ESPN. They are. Right. And when I went and asked them to do first take from that locale, they literally said yes mm-hmm. in two seconds. Yes, they did. Yes, two they seconds. Did. It, I'm, I'm telling you, it wasn't even five seconds. No, it was very amazing. It was automatic. Now, now, there's another HBCU project docuseries that I mentioned in your opening credits yeah. with uh, NBA superstar Chris Paul. Uh, tell us about that. It, it seems like a natural participation being that you played basketball at Winston-Salem State. It is an HBCU school. And you went to school in the state of North Carolina. Talk about this. It's premiering uh, on ESPN+. Plus. Well, I'm not at liberty to get into it right now. CP3 and his brother want me to wait until they're with me to, okay. to, to really get into it. But mm-hmm. what I can tell you is that uh, it's a project essentially that's going to highlight a particular school and a couple of athletes from those school. And right. it's going to highlight a particular basketball program and just basically highlighting some of the challenges, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that that HBCU programs face. Mm-hmm. Um, I was called by them and ESPN 
and asked to be an executive producer on this particular project, which I was obviously incredibly honored to do. Mm -hmm. um, CP3 is somebody that I respect and admire a great deal. Um, I think he does. He's a fabulous basketball player and somebody that I think is a future Hall of Famer mm -hmm. uh, because he's one of the great quintessential point guards to have ever played the game of basketball. Uh, but what a lot of people don't realize is that as fiery as he is on the court, he's just as, as, as enthusiastic and tenacious about contributing uh, to various communities, various African-American communities throughout this country and certain causes that would help elevate uh, the profile of, of, of African-Americans in this nation, particularly as it pertains to HBCUs and beyond. So he deserves an incredible amount of credit and to be a great basketball player that he is combined with being a president of the player, NBA Players mm -hmm. Association, uh, combined with his philanthropy and what have you, uh, he's just one of the true, true role models. And even though I have to sit up there and cover the sport of the NBA right. and call it like, you know, I will uh, <laughs> and call it like I see it. Uh, it just doesn't take away from the fact that this is a guy um, that I I have incredible, incredible admiration for. Um, and and I'm, I'm honored to be working with him on this project and I'm honored that I was asked to be an executive producer. But let's talk about something you can talk about, though. Your acting. <clears throat> Acting uh, Brick on yeah. the popular ABC soap opera General Hospital premieres. Air episodes premiere January 12th and 13th. Man, you know, sometimes you call me, man, you get so excited going to do your tapings of General Hospital, man. That really, first of all, you grew up watching soap operas. Let's talk about well, that. That was the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. That was the biggest thing for me. <laughs> that, you know, I'm, I don't consider myself an actor. Right. They say otherwise. They yes. think that I'm pretty damn good. Uh, Frank Valentin. Uh, uh, for the executive producer for General Hospital. Uh, they brought me on in like 2016 or 17, and they asked me to make an appearance as a character named Brick. I did show up on General Hospital in 2007. It was like a 10 second scene or whatever, and that was all. But this is years later, and Frank, uh, the General Hospital asked me to come on and play a surveillance expert named Brick. And obviously I've been watching the soap since I was eight years old. So the star of the show, which is Maurice Bernard, who's become a very dear friend of mine. Um, and he's he plays the character Sonny Corinthos in General Hospital. I'm his surveillance expert. He's mm -hmm. the head of the mob. I'm his surveillance expert. Mm -hmm. And so I did one scene with him and he looked at me and said, whoa, he said, you're a natural. <laughs> then the executive producer came right downstairs in the middle of the scene. And he said, you, you, you've you never done this before? I said, no, sir. He said, would you have time to do this in the future? And I said, why? He said, I wanna make this a recurring role. We wanna create this character for you <laughs> because they, they liked it that much. And so I immediately jumped at it. I was incredibly, incredibly honored. Um, and ever since then, they've had me on. I went from having three lines to the very next time I appeared, they gave me 40 lines. And ever since then, it's been 30, 40, 50 mm -hmm. lines uh -huh. spanning two or three shows or what have you that I've been doing. And, you know, for me, I always try to tell folks my number one focus is to make sure I don't forget my lines, because when you do that, you mess it up for everybody else. Because if they remember their lines with the union workers and the time they spend doing all of this stuff, they've got to do it over and stuff like that. So you got to make sure you're on top of your game. But ultimately, 
I have a lot of fun. I've grown to really, really love it. And now I am interested in acting more and more because here's the thing that I've grown to appreciate about these wonderful actors that I've run across. First of all, Maurice Bernard, like I told you, for General Hospital, of uh, the guy that plays Victor Newman on Young and the Restless, mm-hmm. Eric Braden. He's one of my dear, dear friends. He met, he and I met years ago. Ever since then, we're inseparable. We talk all the time. We have lunch or dinner every single time I'm in Los Angeles and what have you. And I actually introduced him and Maurice Bernard, the two biggest soap opera stars. They had only <laughs> met one another once mm-hmm. uh, crossing paths. They had never sat down and broke bread. And I actually took the two of them out to dinner years ago so they could meet and break bread. And both of them are my friends. And I can't say enough about them and the kind of advice uh, that they've given me about acting, knowing that I wasn't necessarily trying to be an actor. But if you're going to do it, damn it, try to do it right. And who's better to learn from than two of the best that have ever done it in soap operas. And so, you know, I I, re- I remember that and the advice, you know, because Denzel's a huge basketball fan, mm-hmm. Denzel Washington. And I ran across him and I run across him a lot at Laker games. And one time we had the pleasure of hanging out one evening and I asked him about the work one time when I interviewed him, he called into my radio show and he said, the final product is for the fans. I'm about the work, the process. The grind, the day in and day out, mm-hmm. meticulous, tedious work that you have to put in to perfect your craft. And the reason why that resonated with me so profoundly, Rashawn, is because that's what I attach to all my work. Everybody right now is celebrating Stephen A's world coming on ESPN Plus, or they're talking about my sports center with Stephen A. Smith, the NBA show, or they're looking forward to the new year with first take. All I think about is going day to day and making sure that I do everything that I can to deliver to the audience what their expectations are of me and to exceed those expectations. And I let everyone else judge the final product because once that's finished, I got to work the next day. I don't have the luxury of sitting around and celebrating what I've accomplished when I got work to do to make sure that I deliver to the audience what's been promoted. Now, we thought we'd be celebrating this movie in the month of January, but because of COVID-19, they released, rechanged the release date to May 14th. And this is an animated movie called Rumble. Yeah. And you yeah. basically playing yourself, a, a sports analyst, a sports caster at a, at, a, at, a, at a WWE, is one of the producers of this project, along with Pan, Paramount Animation. Now, Stephen right. A., you know, I've seen this. It, it's... It, it's so what, I'm just telling you all something about Stephen A. Stephen A. is one of the uh, most talented people I've met in this business. But also, he tends to not understand how talented he is. And that's not an insult because he will give you 100%. And the reason I say that, because just like he was shocked when it came down to General Hospital and said, wow. I always tell him he's funny. He goes, man, I don't believe that. I don't believe that, Rashawn. You keep saying I'm funny. One of the funniest people I've met. Now, Rumble, when I saw the uh, trailer on that, I was blown away. And I shook, he said, Rashawn, that, 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 that works for you? I go, man, that's outstanding. And so let's talk about how your character in Rumble grew every time you went into a looping of the movie. Well, it, it's voiceover work. And so what happens is, is that, you know, people usually want you to do what they see you do on television. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my whole point is, you know, one of the things that I learned from the voiceover work is that your cadence, uh, your tenor, all of those different things 
just like you do in television, there's a time and a place for everything. There's a time to raise your voice. There's a time to lower it. There's a time to say nothing and just use your facial expressions. Mm -hmm. You know, is, there's a time and a place to utilize all of these uh, uh, things that are available to you and are at your disposal. And so the same is applicable to when you're doing voiceover work. They might want you to do X, Y, and Z, but if you have a feel for the character, the more you have a feel for the character, the more you're asking, you're, the more you're asking of yourself to deliver in certain different things. You know, you might be called upon to be a bit more animated. Some instances may call may call you to dial it back. And so you have producers, executive producers and the like. They have an idea what they want. Mm -hmm. But when they call you, you also got to remind them that you're somewhat of the expert. Like, for example, if you were asking me to just be the actor on 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 General Hospital. Mm -hmm. Well, you can I can defer to the executive producer all right. day, every day, because right. that's what they do. Mm -hmm. But to voiceover work, you asked me to come <laughs> on and to be a sports announcer, right. a sports broadcaster. Right. Well, that's what I do every day. So when you came to me and asked me to give this line or that line, I'm like, no, that doesn't work here. That may not work here because that's not practical. Mm -hmm. This is what we do. Mm -hmm. And they defer to my level of expertise because I'm the one that does it every day. Mm -hmm. And so you're learning what they want and what they need, but you're also applying your expertise to the equation. So you're giving them a feel for what this role is supposed <laughs> to be. And in, a, in order to do that, you have to garner folks trust. You have to visualize things for them as well. Right. And when you're able to do that with voiceover and then you're able to do that on a soap opera all of a sudden you go back to your regularly daily regular daily job and you're saying okay these are things that you can apply to whatever you're doing every day because they have this vision but mm -hmm. you have this vision as well and you're the one doing it plus you're in tune with your audience etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm -hmm. that's what you're trying to bring to the table and that's what i've been blessed and fortunate to be able to do and you're doing a fantastic job. in closing um stephen a smith that has become a pretty famous name, Stephen, especially the Stephen A. part. Where did that start, the Stephen A. Smith part? I got left back um, in the third grade. Mm -hmm. I had a first grade reading level. I had dyslexia didn't know it until later on in life, believe it or not. Um, but I could not comprehend what I was reading. Mm -hmm. So I got left back in the third grade in June. I went to summer school, July and August. I completed my summer courses. And as a result, I was promoted back to my right grade, the fourth grade, right. by that September. Mm -hmm. I went through the fourth grade and I got left back again. Mm -hmm. This time I was held back the whole year because I still had a first grade reading level. Mm -hmm. And I was ridiculed because you can imagine how cool kids can be. And I was ridiculed excessively, laughed at. Mm -hmm. I was so embarrassed. I didn't come out of my mother's house for a couple of weeks. It was, you know, I saw my dad in the backyard, you know, looking at my mom and saying that, you know, there's not much hope for him. He doesn't have that level of intellect and all of this other stuff. And I remember that. And I just said never again. And I remember my mother refusing to go along with that mode of thinking. Right. He said he just needed to work hard. He just needed to do his work. He just needed to focus, not be distracted, et cetera, et cetera. And she got me a tutor. Plus I had a family friend. Plus I had my sister, Linda, 
who were all collaborating with my mother to teach me how to read better. And it was all spearheaded by my mother's uh, diligence and her commitment and her love to me. Mm -hmm. So as a result of that, when I entered the journalism field, I decided to enter the journalism field and I had a byline for the first time. I remember Stephen A because I used to hate my name because my mother used to call me Stephen, <laughs> not Stephen. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and she used, especially when she was mad at me over something. Right. And so I hated my name at the time because of how it was spelled. It mm-hmm. wasn't spelled with a V. It was spelled with a PH. Mm-hmm. And I hated that. Mm-hmm. And so as a result of it, once I once I got to college and I was an honor roll student um, and I had my byline for the first time, mm-hmm. it was the tribute to her, Stephen A. Smith, because that was me saying, thank you, mommy. I love you. And you were right all along. My name ain't that bad. It's OK. <laughs> and it's a tribute to her. And Absolutely. that's the only reason Absolutely. why I had the A in the middle of my byline, Stephen A. Smith. It was because my name is Stephen Anthony Smith. And she used to say Stephen or Stephen or Stephen Anthony whenever she was upset with me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I didn't like my name. So once I finally was succeeding and not only succeeding, but in the field of journalism mm-hmm. and I had a byline, the byline was a tribute to honor her. Awesome, brother. Stephen A., you, you never failed to... Um not emotionally uplift me. You're motivational, but important. I'm happy I'm part of this ride, man. Uh, this is, you know, this is a half hour it went by real fast. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. I'll be seeing you in a couple of weeks. Not even a couple, yeah, a couple of weeks. We're gonna get rolling, brother. Well, well, I want to thank you. Uh, you've been an incredible help. I'm proud to be working with you. I'm proud to have you as my ace. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're going to be executive producing my show alongside me. You're my number two. Uh, you're my business manager and you're somebody that uh, I trust and, and have a profound level of respect and love for. I appreciate everything that you've done for me. You know, I still want you to change that laugh and I'd like you to get rid of that <laughs> damn beard. It's so thick. You know what I'm saying? Shave it up just a little bit. I don't know. It's, it's, it's close I, I don't as it know. I don't know why you got on a three piece suit with your jacket closed while you you're talking to me while I'm on vacation, but that's Rashawn. That's who you are. So, you know, knock yourself out. There's only one you, my brother. I understand it. I get it. And I'm cool with it. I appreciate it, man. We talk soon, Stephen A. Be safe, my brother. Later. Bye-bye. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Hi, I am Rashawn McDonald, host of MoneyMakingConversation.com. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. They can be civic leaders, people in business, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award honoree this week is Kevin Bloodsoe. Don't limit your dreams. Kevin is a two-time Hoodie Awards winner for Best Barbecue in Los Angeles. Bledsoe has become a top television personality and food star. He has grown his business from the streets of Compton, California into an international empire. From La Brea in Hollywood to Crown Casino in Melbourne, Australia. I, I don't give to be blessed. I'm blessed, so I give. It's not no secret recipe to this. You know, it, it, it has to come from your heart. Mm-hmm. It's more of the good things that outweigh the bad things. Right. And mm-hmm. God has put me in position to help like that. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive, and who is genuine in their spirit. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is Mariana Van Zeller. 
She's an award-winning investigative journalist. She's the co-founder of Muck Media and host of exec- and executive producer of Traffic It with Mariana Van Zeller. She won the DuPont Award for Fusion Investigation, Death by Fentanyl, when she tracked the pharmaceutical and clandestine sources of the daily deadly opioid. For her report, Rape on the Reservation, she received the prestigious Livingston Award for Young Journalists and a documentary on prescription drug abuse and pill trafficking. The Oxycontin Cotton. Express. We're honored to have her on the show because she was honored by the Peabody Award. She's on the show to talk about a show that airs every Wednesday on National Geographic. Traffic it with Mariana Van Zeller. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. She scares me, but I respect her. Mariana Van Zeller. How you doing there? I'm doing great, Rashawn. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, let's talk about this show. The, the, you know, your background tells the story. You're, you're, you're an investigative reporter. And I'm going to just tell you my little history about people who I respect, like dear Christiana and poor of a CNN. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of her. In fact, my daughter's name comes from her. And so when I look at investigative reporters, I, I look at that type of person who goes behind the scenes. The story is sometimes bigger than their own safety. OK. And I look at it like you. How did you get into that? And what mindset drives you for a series like this that appears on National Geographic? Absolutely. I, I can tell you how it all started. And it okay. started pretty early on when I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, I used to watch the nightly news show with my family growing mm-hmm. up in Portugal. And I'd listen to these anchors on Portuguese television talk about what was happening all around the world with so much knowledge. I had no idea they were reading from a teleprompter. But right. that <laughs> was when I decided, OK, this is it. I want to be a journalist because I want to travel around the world and gain all this knowledge about the world. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of launched me into my quest, which wasn't always easy Mm -hmm. as coming to the United States and doing journalism here. Now, this series, uh, you know, you have a company. I mentioned it in the the title, Muck Media. What exactly is Muck Media? Well, Muck Muck Media is a media production company. We do everything from documentaries, docuseries, and uh, we've, uh, you know, produced a, bunch, a couple of uh, uh, award-winning documentaries recently, which I'm really proud of. And now we have this new series on National Geographic Channel, which I'm not only the host, but also the executive producer of. Which carries a lot of weight. Uh, I'm very familiar with the power of an executive producer. You know the bottom line, you know the creative line, and you're a decision maker. But more importantly, you're the talent, the lead talent. Now, you mentioned that you're married, and I'm looking at these titles. Let's go through some of the storylines. Illegal firearms. That sounds dangerous. Steroids. You can get by with that. Lottery scams. Cocaine. That sounds dangerous. Counterfeit currency. That sounds dangerous. Fentanyl. That can be dangerous. Tiger trade. That sounds dangerous. Okay. How does he take all this responsibility within himself and that's the world that you live in, that you operate out of. Because it is danger, though, correct? It is. I've been covering black markets for over 15 years, right. almost my entire career as a journalist. Mm-hmm. And the uh, reason why mainly is because I realized very early on that we know so much about the legal economy, the mm-hmm. formal economy. You know, the, we have television stations, magazines, right. whole mm-hmm. organizations mm-hmm. devoted to analyzing all the twists and turns and up and downs, all the IPOs, everything that happens in the formal economy. And yet this informal economy, these black and gray markets actually make up for half of the global economy. And we know so very little about them. Right. So I saw this sort of opportunity to do a whole show where in each episode we explore these black markets 
and we see who, what we can learn from them and who also, who are the operators, who are these traffickers and smugglers. Do you consider yourself courageous? I'm not comfortable with patting myself in the back like this, but I will tell you one thing. I, I think in a battle in my head between fear and curiosity, curiosity tends to win always. And sometimes that's not such a good thing, but right. mostly it sort of works in my favor. Well, I, when you said I was reading some extra information about it in different commercials, different interviews. You said that sometimes you feel being a female can be an advantage in the type of stories that you're pursuing. Explain that. Yeah, absolutely. I learned that also early on in my career. I think that women are seen as less threatening, especially mm -hmm. in sort of a male-dominated world, such as black markets around the world. Um, I also think that in so many of the places that I've been, I've been told that I've been the only woman to ever step foot in those locations, such as undisclosed cocaine and yes. uh, you know, meth labs, drug labs around the world. So I think there's a novelty aspect to that as well that's sort of disarming for the people that I'm interviewing. Mm -hmm. And I also think, and I think perhaps this is the most important reason why, I think women tend to be more empathetic. They right. tend to sort of, uh, um, you know, relate to the world around them with more empathy and less judgment. And I think that goes a long way in the way that I approach my journalism and in the reason to why I gain access into these worlds. Because I make it very clear from the start that even when I'm talking to people that I, you know, that are part of these cartels or these criminal organizations, that I am there to listen to their stories. And of course, I do not condone what they do. But ultimately, my job is to listen to their stories. So I'm there to listen and not judge. Well, you know, you, the word cartel, you know, drug dealers, you know, a lot of people don't walk away from those conversations. How do you from a mindset standpoint, because you're using actual National Geographic, you're going under that, so that helps you maybe calm them down that you're not coming in there from a, a DNA agent, but they're still suspicious. You're talking about people who really want to survive and know they have a short term of success. How do you rationalize? Because it, because you, you're a different person. I understand this. I'm coming from a person that I would never do what you can do because you're special. You're a unique talent that can be do an interview in a very violent and potentially dangerous situation and potential life-threatening situation and remain calm. That's very important because you can't exhibit any qualities that something's wrong. If they saw you nervous or saw you sweating, that could signal that this could be something that you're not saying is going to happen. It may go differently. How do you break down those different steps, securing the story, then proceeding through the process of securing the interview and then protecting their identity? Because that's equally important to your survival. Absolutely. So, so much happens before we actually hit the road, you mm -hmm. know, so much uh, making sure that, um, you know, that we're, we're the safest, that we're minimizing the risk at every turn, um, you know, because ultimately no story is worth a life. Obviously. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But once we do get there and, and then there's also so much that happens for to sort of convince people to mm -hmm. allow us into their worlds and to give us access into these black markets. And I think, you mentioned it, and it is the biggest fear that almost everybody has when operating in these markets is the fact that they, they want to absolutely make sure that we're not law enforcement. That's always the biggest fear. So there's all these underground, what I call these underground first dates, which is these moments where sometimes they want to meet the whole team. Sometimes it's just me, but with no cameras, no audio, nothing uh, just to meet me and to make sure that I am, in fact, who I say I am, which is a journalist and I'm not law enforcement. So that takes 
usually there's drinks involved and there's a lot mm-hmm. of conversation just again to make sure that we can trust each other mm-hmm. and then I would say the most important thing to make sure that I that myself and my team stay safe is that we have to be able to trust to, to treat people with trust and respect right. and if we treat people with trust and respect usually they treat us with trust and respect back right. so if I were to show up and if I was nervous and suspicious and if I showed up with, you know, a big group of bodyguards and security right. with with guns or whatnot, yeah. um, or with even with a, a, a body flak jack or flak any jacket. of that, mm-hmm. I'm essentially giving them the message that I don't trust them and I don't right. feel comfortable with them. So with them. So I think one of the most important things and really the key is to show them that after all this time that we spent talking before we even bring our cameras, that I am here to listen to your stories and that I trust you and I respect you. And, and that goes such a long way. Okay, here's something interesting here. I got the fact that you want to get the story. Why do they want to tell you their story? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's a combination of factors. I think ego plays a long uh, role in it. You know, these are people that are some of the best in the business is what they do. You know, the best cocaine chemist, the best person at making fake U.S. dollars, the best uh, um, fentanyl wrapper, whatever it is. And sometimes... Many times their families don't even know what they do. So we give them an opportunity by disguising their faces, Mm -hmm. changing their identities, Mm -hmm. even changing their voices at times to be able to talk to us and tell us what they love to do and what they're so passionate about or what they're so good at doing. Secondly, I think it's impunity. You know, in a lot of these parts of the world, they've been able to operate for so long with complete impunity. They they don't really see a downside in speaking to National Geographic. And then I think lastly, it's this very human quality that we all want to be understood. They know full well that as traffickers, as criminals, or as outlaws, they are considered to be the bad guys in our society. Right. And a lot of times they go into those businesses because of a lack of opportunity. And we give them a chance to tell us their stories and to perhaps be, even if for just a little bit, to be understood. Well, you know, when I look at it, when I look at some of the storylines or the subject title, illegal firearms, I understand that impact, the lottery scams, you know, people misled cocaine, uh, the counterfeit currency. That scares me the most uh, because that can that can bring down a, 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 an economy. You know, you don't know this money just being floating out to fentanyl steroids. Now, steroids seems to be a drug that somebody wants to take it, unlike cocaine. How does that how does that impact people in general, steroid use? Yeah, it's incredible. You know, it was of all of those, I think it's the one that I knew, um, one of the ones that I knew the least amount about. Mm-hmm. And what I hadn't realized and we came to discover with its reporting in this episode was that it's truly all around us. And I used to think that people doing steroids were either, you know, athletes that were doing it legally or it was being done in gyms, but sort of in the secret secret locations or bodybuilding competitions. But what I didn't realize is that we spoke to suburban moms who are taking steroids, teenagers still in high school who are taking steroids. It is a, it's become sort of a phenomena that is happening all around us. We, filmed with a steroids dealer who was going from gym to gym selling steroids inside locker rooms in the gym. We filmed him also as he went to a parking lot to meet a dad whose kids go to the same school as his kids. And we saw a steroid deal happening right out in the open. Um, you know, they weren't even trying to hide it. So it's it was a lot more widespread than I initially knew it was. Let me ask you this, because you were saying that. So if somebody's dealing in steroids... Will they get the same um, uh, police uh, 
attention as somebody dealing in crack or cocaine? They do. You know, it's complicated. Um, It's sort of a little bit of a gray market about how much you can't sell. You're not supposed to sell it without prescription. Right. Uh, You're not supposed to acquire it without prescription. Um, But it's a lot more of a gray market than it is, let's say, fentanyl, you know, which is the Mm -hmm. most dangerous drug in America. So there is a little bit of a gray market. And in fact, one of the main characters in our film is a guy called Tony Huge, who not only has sort of a a hidden underground lab where he's making a lot of these uh, performance enhancing drugs. He's also administering it on himself out in the open. We didn't have to disguise his, his, his identity at all. He was very much out in the open. We also saw him administer some of the drugs he makes to another, to a kid who was entering a bodybuilding competition. And so it's a little bit of a gray market, but, um, but you know, there are, have been criminal cases and there are law enforcement agencies all around the country looking into these, um, you know, steroid, illegal steroid uh, networks. Now, the, the, the one, of the, one of the subject matter that jumped out because during Netflix uh, came the, the docuseries Tiger King. You know, just I guess walked us down a line of like disbelief and uh, soap opera mockery. But amongst all that was a, a, a heavy dose of reality that tigers uh, abused or being traded and being uh, sold and being killed when they felt there was no need to keep them alive because they were more costly. It was much cheaper to kill them than to keep them alive. Talk about the uh, tiger trade uh, format that you get. And why, how did that come about? Yeah. So we started filming exactly a year, the last November, October, actually, of last Mm -hmm. year. So it was Mm -hmm. before Tiger King came out. Right. And uh, I was happy to see when Tiger King came out, because although I do think it's focused mainly on the wild characters Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in this, you know, tiger world here in the United States, um, our documentary is more about the plight of the tigers worldwide. I do think it somehow shone a light on this very important topic, which is the plight of tigers around the world. So what we came to realize when, with our documentary, and one of the biggest reasons why we wanted to do this documentary to start with, was that there are actually more tigers in captivity in the United States than there are in the wilds in the entire world. So when we read that, we realized immediately, okay, this is it. We have to do... Well, first of all, when you make that statement, when you make that statement, how do they know? How do, that's a number that's crazy to me. Somebody can tell me there's more captivity than there is in the wild. That seems like that's a trackable number. Or are they just assuming that? No, it's a sort of somewhat trackable. The problem is that there is not a lot of enough rules and regulations in the United States and enough oversight to tigers in the United States. But it is estimated that there are around 10,000, if not more, tigers in the U.S., usually in sort of, you know, roadside zoos and people's family homes, um, people who own them for whatever reason, because they want to own a, a wild tiger, a wild cat. But in the wild, there's only 3,500 to 4,000 tigers left. And it is, there's a very high chance, and we spoke to several experts who told us, that within our lifetimes, we will not be able to see, there will not be any more tigers left in the wild. And partly, we have part of a responsibility as to why this is happening, we as Americans. Wow. So with that being said, when you go through these different processes, I've mentioned several different subject matters that you're pursuing for this series that's on National Geographic. Excuse me, it airs every Wednesday called Traffic It, hosted by you and executive produced by you. Um, which one of them popped off and went, like you said, steroids kind of caught you off guard because like me, I'm just thinking somebody out there pumping up. And then you mentioned, and I know 
When my daughter had knee surgery, they gave her steroids, you know, so it is it is administered for different use, you know, and things like that when you're recovering. OK, but when you see the illegal firearms, I get that. But the things that jumped out to me was the lottery scams and the counterfeit currency scared me because that's money that's flowing around. It's supposed to be valid money, but obviously they figured out a system and they can get away with it so so long when they eventually may get caught. They may not get caught. So talk, walk me through the lottery scam subject matter and then also the counterfeit currency subject matter. Yeah. The lottery scam was one of the first episodes we filmed. And to me, it was a really important one to make and still one of my favorite ones. And I think partly because we have all sort of received those phone calls where people, somebody says that, You've won. Uh, oh, yes. Have you shopped at Walmart recently? Well, you've won a big prize, and to you won a Mercedes Benz, for example. And mm-hmm. all you have to do in order to receive that Mercedes Benz is you have to pay two thousand dollars in taxes or five hundred dollars for the transportation fee, and or, or they'll call you and say that you owe money to the electric company, and they are coming and switching off your electricity if you don't pay what you. Oh, and a lot of people fall for this. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a friend here in Los Angeles who recently fell for this and paid a lot of money to a supposed electricity company that was Mm -hmm. fake. And so I really wanted to find out who is it? Who are the people on the other side of these phone calls? So we traveled to Jamaica, which has sort of become the front lines, uh, ground zero of scamming around the world for these what are called lottery scams. And it was fascinating to meet the people on the other side of the the, the line and figure out why they do what they do, how much money they're making, how easy it is or difficult it is for them to scam and how do they get their money, their hands on these lead lists with all the names mm-hmm. of Americans and phone mm-hmm. numbers. So that was a fascinating uh, journey and one of my favorites for sure. And then on the other hand, uh, when it comes to counterfeit money, it is actually the second oldest profession in the world. It's uh, <laughs> making fake US dollar or fake dollars, fake money in general. And it turns out that over 60% of the fake dollars that are in circulation all around the world are made in Peru. So when we read that and we realized this is such a good and important story for us to do, to head over to Peru, to Lima and meet with, there are only a handful of families, mostly it's a family network, family business that operate in these, very out in the open sometimes in these printing shops, essentially printing fake US dollars and then finishing each single one by hand to make them look exactly like the real deal. Wow. <laughs> you know, I would go, let me go back to the lottery scam. I, I know I got a call and, uh, and I'm, I'm supposed to be the guy been through that, done, been there, done that. And about, I owed money to the U S government. And I mean, shook me up. And the only thing that really helped me, I called my accountant and said, Hey, call this person. This person is saying I owe money. Otherwise, I could have been a victim if I didn't have those resources, because I'm just on this interview. I just got to let you know, you know, to be like, why would somebody do that? Well, if you get that call, they can sound very authentic and nobody wants to go to jail. Want no, especially nobody wants to owe the government. And sometimes you don't know if you don't owe the government. So if somebody tells me you can remedy a problem, if, if you don't do it, it you, you, it can go away. 
if you take care of it right now, you take care of it right now. And so what might be $500, I make $500, they may have done a hundred times. So, you know, that's how they make their money. You know, it might not be a, they might've got just 500 or a thousand. Imagine if they got it a thousand times. And that's, that's what they're working on. That rotation number there that, that allows you to get up there to be able to build momentum to scam people. And so I, I just want to thank you. I want, I wanted you one of my favorite people. I've been waiting all day to interview because I, I, you know, you're courageous. You're a hero. And like I said, uh, a lot of people can't do what you do and you accept that, you know, and accept that you're, you're a special person from that standpoint. I'm just telling you from fact, you know, I, I've been in this business a long time and you know, to see your story. I am a fan. You know, I, I love the work you've done. Uh, when we talked about Mucho Mucho more, which was fantastic. When I saw that, I, I fell in love with you even more because I mean, you can talk, you can tell a story from compassion. You can tell a story from, from dangerous situations uh, that are even life threatening to you. But through all, all, you're calm. And that's what you're doing is if you calm, you're fluent and don't stop. And I hope, uh, hope, you know, in the future, I can bring you on my show and talk about other future projects. But every Wednesday on National Geographic is your show. Anything else before we wrap up? Oh, no, I just want to say thank you so much for all those kind words. And I'd love to be if, if this is how you're going to talk about me, I'm going to come on the show all the time because you just made me feel so happy. So I really appreciate it. No, you're fantastic. The show is fantastic. And I, again, I, I'll do my best to promote it on all different levels of my social media and digital platforms. But more importantly, you know, I, 2021 is the year of the female and you are leading the way, my friend. Okay. Oh, you're so sweet, Deshaun. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. We talk soon. My next guest is Robert Brace. He is a celebrity fitness trainer, ordained minister, former ballet dancer, something I could never do, wellness <laughs> expert, motivational speaker, founder and owner of Brace Life Studios, and founder of the 28-Day Challenge Wellness Program. He's known in the fitness community as the mind-body-soul connector. He's been seen on Good Morning America, The View, The Food Network, Shape Magazine, Self Magazine, New York Daily News, Bloomberg Business, and BET.com. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations again. My man, it's that time of the year, y'all. First of the year, yep. New Year's resolution. <laughs> Get that weight off, Robert Brace. Robert, you know, I had you on last oh. year. I had to bring you back for that 28-day challenge. Talk to us. Oh, thank you so much for having me back on, especially at the beginning of the year when we know so many people are thinking about their wellness right. and thinking about, right. you know, mm -hmm. how to elevate their mind, body and soul. So uh, this is the perfect time. So uh, it's good to be back. Well, I, I missed you. I was in New York last, the first quarter of last year, came by the shop uh, over on Mulberry Street, right above mm -hmm. that clam house up there. How has COVID affected the fitness game, man? Because we all were shocked, you know, when we shut down for two mm -hmm. months, but you had to come out of that. How did it, uh, New York is still, that's where you're based in New York City. And so how and each state has different rules for COVID-19. So how has right. that affected your business? Well, listen, it, it was uh, devastating for us uh, in the beginning because right. uh, we had spent the prior six months getting ready for a big launch in March. Mm -hmm. And uh, right when we were ready to kind of relaunch our brand um, mm -hmm. in a new studio, uh, we got asked to shut down. So right. we were shut down for six months and that has affected a lot of the fitness uh, businesses in New York, especially right. the small operators. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's decimated a lot of businesses, right. you know, um, but um, at the same time, uh, one of my uh, phrases that I use a lot is, look, plans change, but purpose is permanent, right? right. Mm -hmm. So even though plans change, uh, the, per the your purpose, the deep 
soul level passionate purpose that you live by uh, that's permanent and so my purpose is always to encourage uplift others help them make that mind body and soul connection and so we found new ways to do that we've created a new app the brace life right and uh that's going to be free to everybody in january mm -hmm. right free to everybody you get your motivation mm -hmm. you get your workouts you get your time which helps us really and help me specifically really focus in on what my true purpose is and right. look we're still here our gym is still surviving and so right. uh, people are still coming people want to work out people right. are seeking us out so <laughs> you know we've been um we've been blessed well i want to tell you something that's the key People seeking you out because you can promote. It's like you're having a great hamburger and nobody's there to buy it. Okay. In your right. case, it's a great workout program. Talk about this, uh, the app, and then I'm going to go back to the 28 day program. But just tell us about the app. So when I hear the word app, it's free, it's downloadable. Is there mm -hmm. a name for the app? The app is called The Brace Life. All they need to do is go to thebracelife.com, thebracelife.com. Mm -hmm. And listen, this is the first daily lifestyle wellness app with personalized uh, data tracking to empower your mind, body, and soul lifestyle practice, right? So a lot of people talk about, you know, fitness sometimes right. is usually one or two dimensional. You've got your workouts, you've got your nutrition, you've got right. your workouts, maybe you have your, your meditation. But what we're trying to do, especially during this time, look, one thing COVID-19 has taught us is that um, we can't wait to start living our best lives, right? right? We need to do it today in every interaction, in every word spoken, in every action and reaction. Right. And so this app is designed to really help people make that mind, body and soul connection, right? The mind being the intelligent problem solving part of you, um, the body, obviously, the physical aspect of who you are and your right. soul, where you feel joy, peace, love, gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. And so with through workouts, meditations, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of motivational inspiration that people are going to get in this app. And it's going to help them really launch their year in a healthy, positive way. So we're giving you everything, including live workouts with my team, live workouts with me. And, and so honestly, you know, What's happened this year for me personally has really helped me um, focus right. and decide what do I really have to give and mm -hmm. what is this moment asking me to give right. and how can I deliver that? And that's how the Brace Life app came about. So, you know, just join, go to thebracelife.com. I've got you covered for your whole January and it's different. It's not just a regular workout right. app. You really will connect your mind your body and your soul. 28 days. Why 28 days? Okay. 28 days. That's <laughs> our, our signature program that yes, kind of put is. us on the map. So to refresh people, this is the program that a, a comedian came and asked me if I could get him in shape in, uh, in 30 days and get right. six pack abs in 30 days. And I just said, yes. <laughs> okay. A comedian. So, um, you say a comedian. Yeah, he was a comedian, Mark Malkoff. He's a filmmaker, uh -huh. and he does these different projects, right? These mm -hmm. insane projects. Mm -hmm. uh, he went to all Starbucks in Manhattan Island in a day. And so mm -hmm. his next insane project was, look, these fitness magazines say that you can get six back ads in 30 days. Can that really be done? Mm -hmm. And so um, he came to me, and I said, sure, we can do it in 30 days. And we ended up doing it in 28 Mm -hmm. And uh, this was back in 2011. And that video, uh, he posted it uh, on an obscure platform. And that platform, it got a million views, right? right? Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, 2011, it got a million views. And so people started seeking me out. And since then, 
Um, the 28 Day Challenge has become our signature program where we transform people's bodies uh, in 28 days. Um, and so uh, it's uh, it's an intense program. That That is the most intense program that we offer, but it comes mm-hmm. with a meal plan. It comes with um, specific um, cardio protocols designed to really strip down body flat, fat and mold your body within a short period of time. So Let, uh, let's talk about yeah, that. Done- let's talk about that first program. Let's, let's slow you back down, you know, because, okay. you know, it's 30 days and mm-hmm. you have a person who says he wants it done, but really doing it for ulterior motives. He's doing it for right. a video project or a docu-series. So right. what were the frustrations in that process and what were the uplifting moments for you in that process of working with a person? This is the first time you did this type of program, which has become right. a signature part of your program. So now mm-hmm. you know where the, 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 the bumps in the road are at in this particular program where people will push back. What were the pushback right. moments in that initial program with him? I think the pushback, the one thing that I remember working with Mark and and has uh, shown itself in subsequent you know clients and projects is that people think it's um, people try to oversimplify it. There right. is a lot of science and there is a lot of right. uh, dedication that mm-hmm. you have to put in to make this work. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just a matter of well, I'm going to cut a few meals here and there, right? Mm-hmm. Getting people to see that, look, you can have what you want. It's right here, right? right? <laughs> but you have to go through steps A, B, C, and D in this order to get there, right? right. Mm-hmm. And so I think initially my where I had to grow is learning to communicate that in a way that is encouraging and uplifting and inspiring. And so um, in terms, so that was one of the challenges, right? Everybody wants, <laughs> what is it? Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die, right? right. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to abs, but nobody <laughs> wants to do the work, right? So, uh-huh. so it's getting people through that process and helping people to connect and visualize their goals and how they see themselves with the work that they're putting in every single day. And once you make that connection, mm-hmm. then that's like rocket fuel, right? right. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to be here. Mm-hmm. I can see myself there. Right. And in order to get there, all I've got to do is these steps every single day and stay focused on what's right in front mm-hmm. of me. Mm-hmm. That's where it becomes inspiring. And, you know, mm-hmm. Mark went on and he had an incredible transformation. It's one of the most dramatic transformations we've ever had. And so, um, you know, he's just been one of those people who's always supported our program. Mm-hmm. And uh, we ended up, one of the highlights, uh, the program ended up being turned into an infomercial. And so, we were flown out to LA. We were on a sound stage, uh, built for the 28 day challenge. And, and Mark, who was there at the beginning was there at one of those, you know, big moments. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. So, um, you know, so, yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's great. One thing I liked about that whole story is when I talk about people who come on my show and I talk about the purpose of money making conversation, being ready and not shying away from a challenge. Like you said, there was something you had never done before, mm-hmm. but it was presented to you. You felt that you could pull it off without proper planning, but you knew that you knew your brain and you knew what your brain right. was based upon. And so a lot of people shy away from that. That's, I always tell people that's walking out in the dark without a flashlight. But your flashlight was that your brand was on sound footing mm-hmm. and you knew how to accomplish the task. Talk about when people are presenting you with ideas and how people shouldn't shy away from that and how you was able to overcome that doubt when this project yeah. was presented to you. Uh- I think that, you know, everything that you do in life is preparation. Mm-hmm. 
And when opportunities or challenges like that um, are presented for right. me, you know, part of my background is I'm spiritual. I was a, a minister for many years. For me, it's, um, you know, God saying to me, it's time for you to be stretched. Right. It's mm-hmm. time for you to be mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And that's where the blessings really come from. And look, you might not be successful in every single one, right? right? Listen, if you haven't failed enough, it, uh, it means you haven't been trying hard enough, right? But you're going to fail at some things, but you're mm-hmm. going to learn through those failures. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when those opportunities are presented, it's it's just like opening a door to another gateway. You don't know what's going to come from that. You don't know what's behind that door. And so, so long as you can stay true to your core beliefs, true right. to your integrity, mm-hmm. true to the trajectory that you see yourself on, right? When these uh, opportunities present themselves, um, it's it's time for, for me, it's always represented as an open door, a time to step up and discover something new. And if I had not stepped up, really a huge part of what has uh, helped my personal brand and my gym be successful, I would never have, um, I would never have been introduced to. And that's really important. And now, now when like I, said, I came by your studio when I was in New York, and I would like I want to let you know this right now, Robert. I'll be in New York uh, two weeks a month, starting June, January eighth. So you awesome. definitely need to take this old body and kind of like well, <laughs> what, uh, let's talk about my old body because that's a lot of because it's the first of the year, and we all want to get in shape immediately. You know, right. but there's a process like I, I've learned that like I'm, I'm moving into a new building and I found myself going up and down some steps and my knees mm-hmm. started talking to me. So that means that yep. my knees would say, OK, you you look like you're in shape, Rashawn, but your knees are not prepared for going up and down these steps. Let's talk about doing the process right with your program in general and not trying to overextend the physical capabilities that your body is not prepared to undertake. Yes. You, (laughs) this is really important. And I'm glad you asked this question Mm -hmm. because sometimes when people like me come on a a show, it can seem like, and I've just talked about a 28 day program, right? Mm -hmm. So it can seem like you just got to go hard and you got to smash your body. That's definitely not um, where we come from, right? Mm -hmm. My background, as you know, was a professional dancer. I was Mm -hmm. was uh, in school. I was an athlete. Mm-hmm. And so one of the main things that we focus on is doing things with the right form and right. the right technique, right. right? Because if you do things with the right form and you, you may take a little while longer in, on the beginning end, right? Mm-hmm. Your body is going to adapt to proper form and it's going to accelerate your results. Whereas if you just bang away at your body and you're not listening to your body, it can mm-hmm. exacerbate any injuries, um, and it can and it can ultimately uh, take you longer to get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. So you talk about your old body, right? right? There's no old bodies. Your body has a lot of wisdom in it. Your body's been through a lot of things. I know hey, hey, that Robert, you work Robert, out. Robert, you, you, you can sell me on that. <laughs> when I put those so, ice packs on my le- on my knees, <laughs> that was an old body. That was telling well, me. Well, listen, your knees be talking to you because they got something to say. They've some go. places, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so since they've been, oh, I love been it. some places, uh, there's some wisdom in there, right? Right. right so, right, and what right. do I mean by that? Is that, is that your your body has muscle memory, right? And so, right. the more that you train it in the right way, the more that it's going to adapt and respond, right? right. Mm-hmm. And so. It's just a matter of doing things in the right way over time and your body will change and respond. What I say to my clients is gentle 
uh, gentle pressure applied relentlessly, right? right. Little mm -hmm. gentle pressure applied relentlessly and your mm -hmm. body's going to change. And right. physically, mm -hmm. without getting too scientific or technical, mm -hmm. there's this thing called specific adaptation to imposed demand. Right. If you um, impose a demand on your body, mm -hmm. specifically and over time, your body will specifically adapt to meet that demand. Right. And that is how it will change and mold to be the body that you want it to be. And that's when your serotonin goes up, your endorphins go up, you get the joy, you get the stress relief in addition to your body changing. That's what makes it a whole mind, body, and soul experience. Okay, not, not giving away the whole program, but what are some of the major steps? Like, you know, I do a little light workout. I do walking. I do some cardio. I do some, you know, do the core. What are the dynamics of the 28-day program? You did say there is a meal plan associated because, like you say, you, you can't go out there and eat mm. double B cheeseburgers and try to do a 28-day program at the same time. Let's go and get that out. Right. Okay. So, right. So how does it start and how does it end in that 28-day period? Okay. So there are – and if, for instance, if you go onto our app, there are four signature workouts, right? Mm -hmm. And they're designed to be done one after the other. So. Right. We start you off with a dynamic warm-up. We teach you the principles in the in the course before you even start. Mm -hmm. We show you the principles of how to move your body. Uh, it's a principle I call fierce form. Right. So how to move your body in the right posture, in the mm -hmm. right way, so mm -hmm. that you accelerate your results and get everything that we talked about. Right. And also how to engage your core. Engaging your core in the right way means that over time, you're going to be able to do more explosive movements faster. Mm -hmm. So we progress the movements and, and the workouts in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so there's the four basic ones. But then as we go, we'll be doing live workouts as well. So people will be able to join in for free, especially in January, mm -hmm. the live workouts um, that are going to add to those four basic workouts right and you'll see we build up your core we build up your form then we build up your power then we build up your endurance then we build up your um athletic ability and it just slowly slowly rises like this and so within either 28 calendar days right or 28 actual workouts those are the two versions you get a whole body transformation and what we've added it listen what i want people to understand is the 28 day challenge we've done all day every day and we've get, we've gotten results many 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 times right right especially in this year mm -hmm. we want people to connect their mind to mm -hmm. what they're doing and right. this is the reason why mm -hmm. people are coming off covid 19 there's a lot of anxiety there's a lot of depression a lot of people going through many different things absolutely. everybody has a different life story absolutely when you move your body the thing i understand is that it produces something called serotonin, which is which increases your joy. It increases endorphins, which takes the edge off of the physical markers of stress. And especially for a lot of people in black communities, you know, the markers of stress are affecting us in terms of arthritis, um, in terms of inflammation in our joints and in our arteries, which can lead to heart problems, which can lead to diabetes, affecting our digestive issues, right? And so when you move, you get more serotonin, which gives you more joy. You get more endorphins, which takes the edge of your stress. There's even a hormone called endocannabinoids, and it, it increases your bliss. It helps you think more clearly. It increases the executive functioning of your brain. So in addition to a changed body, mm -hmm. you're getting a changed mind. Mm -hmm. And in addition to a changed mind, you're getting feelings of, of, um, of joy, 
of peace. Right. It actually increases the love hormone. So your ability to bond with other people. So those, uh, those feelings of joy, peace, love, those are spiritual soul level qualities. So you change your body, you elevate your mind right. and you refresh your soul. So I want people to get the body changed. Everybody wants to be snatched. Everybody wants to be looking good with their shirt off or in a swimsuit, right? <sighs> we got you. No problem. All day, every day. Well, and in addition to that, right. we want to give you that elevated experience. Well, you know, Robert, we all got the bathroom pose. You know what I'm saying? When we, <laughs> when we look in that mirror, we get the, you're trying to get the bathroom pose out of the bathroom, right? You're trying that's, to get us right. to walk down the street. Because we know, you know that look I'm talking about, Robert. We can turn left, turn right. Oh, this, that's right. This, this is my look right here. This is the look right here. Suck that gun yeah. in for about five minutes. <laughs> then walk out of there. And the bathroom pose stays in the bathroom. You're trying to get the bathroom pose out into the general public with this 28-day program. That's, you know, that's right. Man. That's right. And, 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 and to do it in such a way that you don't have to scoop in your abdomen and your now. stomach and hold come yourself in one on, position for, for no, five minutes. That's the right? bathroom pose. Come on now. I, 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 I'm a proponent of it. I, I, I'm an advocate of it. I've been doing it all my life, but this is 2021. I'm with your Brace Life studio. I'm with the Mind, Body, Soul Connector, Robert Brace. Robert, it's the first of the year. First quarter is always that I'm going to save money. I'm going to right. I'm gonna live a better life. I'm gonna, I'm actually keep to my resolutions. They fired up. You know, that's why we want to always want to bring you on the first of the year. This is a this is going to become like our, our annual our relationship. Uh, you know, every awesome, year, man. get them rolling. Twenty eight days. You start in January and February. Black History Month. If you are African American, yep. you can go, be motivated to say I I I prepared to celebrate. Use Black History Month as a celebration because you've achieved your first major goal of the year, the 28-day challenge. Now, wow. how do you sustain that desire, Robert? How do you sustain that? You, in your last comment, just um, explained something that people need to know about sustaining it, right? right. Mm -hmm. Listen, <clears throat> again, don't want to get too technical, Right. But you've got to connect your long-term goals to something bigger than yourself or to your bigger life goal, right? right? Mm -hmm. And what I mean is you just talked about Black History Month right. being mm -hmm. something that we're all going to be celebrating and mm -hmm. that is bigger than us, right? Yes, it is. And look, there is still more work to be done in, in this arena. We've got, uh, you know, for me in my house, I've got my daughters I've got to raise and I've, I've got to help them be more focused. I've got, to, right. I've got mm -hmm. to help them see the love in themselves, love themselves for who they are, two beautiful black uh, girls. And mm -hmm. so I need to be strong mm -hmm. and available. Right. And so because I need to be strong and available, I need physically to be where I need to be so that I can give them the attention that they need with the energy that they need so that I can be there for my wife, be there mm -hmm. for my kids. Mm -hmm. And that is, that's, that's a belief right in the center of my being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I make that the reason why I work on my body. Right. And we have got to connect to the higher goals in our lives. Yes, it's been shown that when people go for sh just merely short goals, after you reach the goal, there's a little bit of a depression to the goal. And then it's like, what's next? Yes. And many people, many programs say, okay, you got to go into maintenance. But maintenance, maintenance is who wants to just maintain, right? <laughs> right people right, want right. to excel. People, right, people right. want to grow. People want to elevate. Mm -hmm. I don't want to spend my life maintaining, right? Right, right, right. And so, what we've got to do is connect with a higher goal, mm -hmm. right? So I want to be there for my kids to do this work that I do, which I consider an extent ministry, right? Mm -hmm. So 
I need to be strong for that. So everybody's got to figure out what is your big why? Right. What is the big why um, that you need to take care of your body to make sure that you're strong, to make sure that your mental uh, strength is where it needs to be and you're at peace in your soul, right? So that's how you keep it going long term. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to do a 28 day, you smash it for 28 days. Then right. you go back to a lifestyle, uh, um, a lifestyle regimen. And then if you want to move from a lifestyle regimen to look for an adventure, maybe you want to go on a hike, maybe you mm-hmm. want to climb it, then, then you do that. But your prime goal, your prime purpose, mm-hmm. right, is always connected to why you're moving your body and why you're exercising. It's got to be elevated. And that's one of the things we talk about. Well, you know, at the beginning of the interview, I talked about your studio on 132 Mulberry Street down in Little mm-hmm. Italy, a uh, place I visited and uh, peeped through the little door. So I saw <laughs> I saw a studio. It's not a big studio. But so it's a, a studio that how many people can get in your studio? And with people coming out of COVID, you know, with the vaccine mm-hmm. coming out, I look, mm-hmm. I expect people at the end of the first quarter to start start coming into studios, starting to be reminded that they can interact. Talk about your studio size and the location and what benefits of coming to your studio will have for people right. who attend. Okay. So, yeah, we've got, I mean, for a boutique studio, it's, it's a decent size. We've got 2,500 square feet. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what What in, in typical times we can have a capacity of 50 people. Wow. But during covid uh, we've reduced that to 60, right? Well, the building has, the, the room has a capacity of 50 people, right? But um, during COVID, the maximum occupancy is uh, 16. Mm-hmm. But we've gone further. One, we, uh, we've we um, passed our health inspection and mm-hmm. we've gotten A grade in terms of our COVID cleanliness. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to limit um, the amount of people in the studio um, to just three to five clients will with a trainer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that there's enough space between everybody, um, everybody mm-hmm. feels safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, we can have 16 people in the studio, but uh, we just want to go, ab- look, if if we're talking about helping people be well, right. then we need to go <laughs> above and beyond so that yes. when people are in our environment, that they are well. And so, um, and so, and so, yeah, people are coming back already. We've um, even at the end part of this year, people are in the studio working out, maintaining the distance, wearing the masks, mm-hmm. uh, getting in shape. And mm-hmm. um, we're going to continue to do that. And we've been one of the luckiest years to survive, especially as a black owned business. Uh, I take that as a badge of honor for my team, for right. our clients, right. and uh, for everybody who's, um, you know, come through the studio. Well, I'm talking to Robert Brace. You know, he's going to see me this year. Okay, Robert? You're going to see me in January, <laughs> yes, brother. Sir. I, I, yes, you know, sir. Like I said, January 8th, I'll be up there because when I get off studio, hey, man, ain't too many things you can do now with COVID-19. So one of the things yeah. I know I have to do is come see you. Now, now with me coming up there, what type of schedule would you put me on? You know, would, uh, how would you introduce me to your studio at 132 okay. Mulberry Street? One of the first things is um we're going to take you through the whole process right, right? Uh-huh. um you come in you and again it's all mind body soul so you're you're introduced we, you get a juice shot uh which is designed to um make you more alert right but also at the same time open uh, your heart and lungs uh-huh. so that your, your oxygen is moving through your body better right mm-hmm. then we'll test you out we'll make sure that this movements that we're going to do are specific to you right mm-hmm. and then we'll build your program building your core building your legs Mm-hmm. After that, 
uh, sort of focused meditation that will help you connect with your goals and everything that we talked about. Right. So we uh, we put on these noise canceling headphones, so you cancel out all the noise around you. You go through this meditation and you connect mm-hmm. with those goals that we were talking about earlier. And then at the end, you get another uh, juice shot again to um, uh, aliven your senses, make you focus for the day, and then. We give you spinach extract, which is a natural way for you to um, control your appetite. Okay. It, it's uh, one of the most natural things that you can do to help you gain control of your appetite, especially for sugars and carbs. Okay, cool. Let's go and be real about and this. And so you're going to get the whole treatment. Right. So let's go and yeah. be real about this. Okay, I'm coming up there January 8th. Okay, Robert. Okay, so I would believe I should come by mm-hmm. your studio January 9th. Okay, you open on Saturdays, right? Okay. Okay, cool. And so um, into- I can make that make that happen for you. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I'm, I'm just going to be serious. You know, oh. like I said, I, I'm not saying I'm your guinea pig, but, you know, I'm going to be a guinea pig for myself because <laughs> I need to, you know, I'm going to tell you something. You know, I, when I was uh, like in the 80s, you know, I, I taught. Uh, aerobics, you know, and I taught it, and so I, so I know the the whole motivational at the first of the year. I always know that people join the class at the at the top of the month, and as you go through the month, they start dropping off, and then you start at zero mm-hmm. again, almost, you know, because you start with thirty, you end with ten. That's usually how it happens right. at the top of the month. Right. The first of the year, I mean, you can't even, you don't have enough space <laughs> for the people who sign up. They, everybody want to get motivated, and so so I know this. I know that That's process, right. and so so when me going up there and talking to you, this was a perfect interview for me because I know I'm going up there. I know that I'm gonna have free time, and so so January eighth is when I'm gonna come up there. So January ninth, let's schedule uh, uh, my first session with you and and let's get on the phone a couple of times so you can reach because i want to tell everybody this is a real commitment to to the brace life studios and i'll be starting in january 9th and i'll do some posts we do we'll probably do some photos online and saying i'm at the studio starting my first day of the 28 day challenge now here's here's my whole thing like see i'll be in new york january 8th through the 22nd okay then i'll be down and i'll be back into my office location in atlanta can I still do the 28 day challenge even though I'm not with you? Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. this is this is what why we created this app. And I think what you're proposing is awesome, especially in January, because I mm-hmm. think we're going to do a lot of good with this. Mm-hmm. Um, because while you're in Atlanta, you've, we've got the apps, the workouts on the app pre-recorded, and they're going to be able to do live workouts as well. Some okay. with me, some okay. with my team, okay. right? So if they go on to the bracelife.com and just get their name on that list, right. they're going to, mm-hmm. and, and we start posting together and mm-hmm. they see your progress. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they can do it whether, and you can do it, whether you're in the studio with me or mm-hmm. whether you're in another city somewhere else. And we can also do remote sessions too. Right. If we want to give, you know, if we want to share um uh, what we're going through with people because we do train a lot of our clients, especially during COVID, remotely. Well, this is awesome. Uh, like I said, uh, Robert, thank you for coming on the show again. Uh, the Brace Life Studios. I'm, I'm making a commitment to you uh, because okay. I believe in you. And it's not so much about it's being 28 days. I just believe in your program. I believe in your authenticity. Thank you. And I believe in the fact that you are a man committed, uh, uh, an African-American uh, entrepreneur uh, that survived mm-hmm. COVID. 
and survive COVID. And uh, we know how uh, 46% of the small businesses in America have been shut down due to COVID. Wow. And the, and the, and the travesties is called to our economic flow, especially in the restaurant and the film and live entertainment business. But you're in that yeah. business of being able to health and wellness, personalized fitness, and I need it. I've never had anybody train me in my life. So at the age of 62, I'm allowing myself to mm. put into your uh. hands, my friend, and uh, and I and I do that with a smile on my face, and I, I'm excited to get into this program. And I'm not doing it just to do a documentary on on, on a good living. I'm doing it because I want to feel good about myself, and that's what your program I feel will do for me. And uh, right. any closing remarks on uh, where they need to go to find out about your app and put that website out for the last time, Robert? Yeah, sure. Well, thank you for this. And thank you for trusting me. I look forward to the ninth. If you want to join, go to thebrace, B-R-A-C-E, life.com. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Sign up. It's mm -hmm. free for January, mm -hmm. right? So everything that we talked about here, you're going to get the workouts, the meditations, the motivation, the daily right. journal, mm -hmm. you know, everything that we've talked about here. Mm -hmm. So thebracelife.com. And I'll see you there. Well, I'll see you on January 9th. Of course, we'll talk prior to that because I really want to change my life. And I feel the 28 day challenge will change my life in the right direction for 2021 and onward. And I'm a, I'm dedicated. I'm putting you in my hands. Brace Life okay. Studios. <laughs> we'll take care of you, man. We will take care of you for sure. All right. If you so want to hear more, you. I'm looking forward to that, man. It's going to be exciting gonna... because of the fact that I like you. I like you. I like your personality, man. And like I said, this is the second year in a row that we've talked about your program. You know, I was in earnest because I came by your place. And yeah, so, you know, yeah, yeah. I so, I've, been, so I, I've been inspired by your conversation, been inspired by your brand. And so this time I will get in and sit down and we'll talk. And I just want to go through an earnest program at my age uh, to be able to understand my body a little bit more. I feel like I understand it, but I've never understood it through a workout program. And this workout All program, right. I think I feel will benefit me and also for my staff and my family and the, and the mm -hmm. goals I have set for myself in 2021. I need to be a, I need to set a standard. And I think, and I feel the 28 day challenge will do the transformation for me, both mind, body and spirit, which is soul that you do. And you are the connector, my man. So you keep connecting. You're going to connect me right in 2021. Right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, All I right. look forward to it, man. Thank you so much. It's been great. It's been All great right. for me. And we it's a great soon, way to man. start the year. And I'm, I'm excited. Okay, cool. Talk soon. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Hi, I am Rashawn McDonald, host of MoneyMakingConversation.com. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. They can be civic leaders, people in business, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award honoree this week is Marlon Evans. He is more than a former athlete. A former Stanford University football and track star, in 2018, Marlon was named CEO of NextCube. This investor creates and accelerates frontier tech companies, emphasizing the digital health and financial tech, including the HBCU Founders Program. Is what makes for successful entrepreneurs. And we just want to flip that light and say, look, you can do this as well. You, you've proven you have that desire and that will. Now, let's just make sure we get the resources that can help that grow. And that's what we're doing through the HBCU Founders Program. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive, and who is genuine in their spirit. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is Barbara Furlow Smiles and Ernest Smiles. She is the lead strategist, global head of employment research group and diversity engagement at Facebook. 
Now, outside of her role in Facebook and operating Smiles Chill, Barbara's founder of BT Consultant, LLC, and co-founder of a nonprofit, Global Smiles Health, which is focused on sustainable health and providing people with the basic needs of living around the globe, one community, and smile at a time. Now, Smile Shields is a family-owned and operated company founded by Barbara and her husband, muscle-bound Ernest Smiles. <laughs> the Smile Shields are made to order with the categories of children, luxury, bedazzled, and name customization. Please welcome to the money-making conversation. Please welcome the money-making. I'm laughing so hard. Please welcome the money-making conversation. Ernest and Barbara Furlow Smiles. How y'all doing? <laughs> Uh, we're doing amazing, Rush. Uh, thank you so much for having us. Mm -hmm. Like I said, uh, man, I, I, I've been looking forward to this interview. I've been counting down the clock to, to this time. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here, my wife and I. Well, first of all, you know, I want to thank everybody who are, who, are, who are challenging themselves. When I look at what you guys are doing, you challenge yourself to understand that we're in a pandemic. When you see the stock market is flying off the charts, you don't have to be the person that's been laid off. Or the person who's in the line saying, waiting for somebody to hand out. And I'm not saying that negatively, but we have to be smart about it because somehow in this pandemic, when we see unemployment, we see food lines, somebody's making money. And somebody's out there going to Costco, Amazon stock is on fire because online, just on the Cyber Monday, it was $12.7 billion in sales. On Black Friday, there was over $9 billion in sales. So there has to be a sense that there's economic positivity in play right now. So the right. whole concept of what you guys are doing with the Shields are right in line with what we're dealing with with the pandemic. Now, tell us about how the concept came about. And I know it's the first time coming on Money Making Conversations. Please be honest about everything that you've done. I'm not here to, to blast anything. I just want you to tell your story. It's a power couple because, Ernest, you have your shield on. And, Barbara, you got your shield on. And the reason I love it, I can see your smiles. And then here's the thing about you two. Y'all are tied it to your last names. That's yes. beautiful. That's beautiful. So, so Ernest, I'm gonna let Ernest talk. That's my man. He can, plus he might he might hurt. I, I got you. I got you covered, Rush. <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, this product it just if I if I must expand, it was actually shot down in an MBA program. Mm -hmm. I, I, I go to Syracuse University, finishing up my last two classes, mm -hmm. and it was developed during the last semester. Mm -hmm. And I I actually brought it to an MBA group and say, I have this great idea about these customized shields. Right. And they were like, well, that's not going to work because we have to wear a mask. I said, right. you don't understand what I'm saying. I have this great idea about designing customized shields for, for customers to have. Right. And it was declined. Right. But right. I said, you know what? I'm still going to make these shields. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to prove to you that you don't have to listen to what any other group says. If you believe in it and mm -hmm. you know there's a market, just push yourself through. Right. Now, when you, because I, I love that. And Bobby, I know you want to comment on that because that's somebody told him no. You know what I'm saying? And quite frankly, I don't think he hears that word. <laughs> right. Never. So so tell us about the whole process of, you know, because it's trademark and we know and, and all that stuff. And so talk about the process of developing a, a product. Yes. So Ernest came home like he normally does with a brilliant <laughs> idea that's what we do we support each other right, right and the first initial shield was a dodger shield right mm -hmm. so you, you see this you see the makeup and the and the flyness right right right, right so right. i was like we gotta take it to another level 
Right. So um, one of the things we initially thought of was creating different collections. So right. you see here, bling around the shield, um, <laughs> so dazzled. We have luxury, um, etc. Now this and is made really to was, order, right? Uh, I mean, I can contact you, and it's made to order, correct? Yeah. So we have a website. Okay. Okay. Now I'm, I'm, I'm going to help some people because, like some some of this plays back on podcast too. So that's audio only. <laughs> of course, it plays off on video and on YouTube. Now, there, there are two things. She has the shield, and on the outside of the shield, it says smile. And then inside, there's a band that holds the shield in place. They've, been, they've strategically allowed you to put a logo branding on that as well. Who came up with that idea? The double brand logo. That's double branding. That was... Yep. Can you hear me, Rush? I can hear that. Okay, cool. Now, who came up with the idea of the double okay, shield branding, the double branding of the logos? Oh, I did. Um, what I thought about was, and when even when I saw the first Dodger one, I said, I, I'm going to take this back to Detroit, Michigan. Right. And I'm going to explain, I'm from Detroit. <laughs> we used to wear name but belt buckles. Right. And I said, I said, man. I bet people would love to have a face shield just like the buckle. Right. So if you look at the black band, it's right. nothing but a belt with, yeah. with, your, with, your, with your name on it. Right, right. And I right. just took it back to back to that time. Mm -hmm. And I said, we, we went crazy for these. Right. I said, I know this will work in 2020 on mm -hmm. a face shield. Right. And this is what you see with both what we both have on at the present moment. Okay, cool. Now I'm gonna ask you this: the process of, of, of making a customized. What is is uh, is it a number of hours? Is it a number of days? For instance, let me just take for instance the shield that you have. I'm looking at two different shields because on your shield, Barbara, you have bedazzled around the trim. You have a bedazzled trim. Okay. Now, right. Ernest, on your shield, it's clean. It's a very clear screen. You can see their eyes, their nose, beautiful smiles, and which I miss with masks. I miss that because I like to encourage people with a smile that guess what? We're into this together. We're going to get through this together. When you wear a mask, you can't do that. OK, but a shield allows you to smile at the person, say hello, you know, look upbeat when you're going in the grocery store. Look upbeat when you come out of Home Depot. Life is not that bad. You know, I'm not I'm not mad at white people. White people should be mad at me. Yes. Matter. You know, all this is important when the, in, the, in, the, in the world that we live in now, when you see so much anger, so much hate, so much uh, doubt, people afraid of, of so much bad media that's put in social media, that's put in the digital world. So with that said, the non-bedazzle, how long does it take trim and how does it take to do the bedazzle trim, Barbara? Yeah, so it takes pretty much 48 hours for wow. each shield to be made. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it, now let's let's make sure we get that fully correct. Yeah. That's okay. per like orders of 20 and 30. Okay. Cool. We can make one one or more of these shields and approximately, honestly, if I call right now and say, make me a money making conversation, I'll get you one in 30 minutes. <laughs> see, 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 where's my staff at? See, see, that, I, I, that's what I got to do. I got to give me a money making conversation so I can just I put need, this on. I need to have that. Wait till I make that shield. Oh, I'm, I'm just taking some earnings. Because you know I'm going to put it on social media. You know, I'm letting all my million, my million followers know about this. Because yes. first of all, first of all, yeah, you're entrepreneurs. <laughs> now, okay, on, on, Ernest, what do you do? With your 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 forty hour week or your entrepreneurial side, other than the shields, and also I'm gonna ask you that because I want to let everybody know that I always tell people if you want to be successful, 
Take that 24 hours that you get every day. Learn to take advantage of every hour. It seems that you guys follow that motto. Well, let me say first, Rush, that there is no 40-hour week for us. Yes. Mm -hmm. There really is. Our, our, our week runs congruent, meaning they all blend, all the days blend together. We, we work off of goals, meaning, we, you know, the days just set, are, are there to set our goals. And what we do is we live off of what is the goal for the week? Meaning if my goal is something that requires me to work another 12 hours, I'm working the whole 12 hours. Right. So there, there's no such thing as at, at the eight hour mark, I'm shutting it down <laughs> at four o'clock. Right. I wake up at three in the morning and say, I still got some emails to send. I'm sending my emails. Right. So right. I, I'm based, I base my week off a of task, right. not, right. not off of, off of the day. So right. mm -hmm. the, when you understand as an entrepreneur, there should never be an eight to four set clock yes. because th then that would mean you just limited yourself. And if Rush called for money making conversations and want you to come on the show, you say, hey, Rush, <laughs> I, I, I can't make it because I, I'm off at four o'clock. Right. Right. You know, right, so, right, right, hey, right. No, Rush called me. Rush me at two in the morning on the show. I'm, I'm getting on the show. Well, that's what I like about you, sir. Thank you very much. Now, Barbara, I, I know I got Hercules over there too, right? No, Hercules <laughs> over there. You know, you know, he got, but you know, some, here's the deal, because when you came on before she came, she was energized. You know, you was up. I said, oh, I'm ready for this interview. And now I see, you know, you, you're married to the energizer bunny. Okay. You can't, you can't come home and not be happy to see each other. And that's important because, right. you know, God has blessed y'all with a clear understanding that why produce a sad day when a happy day is better. Okay, mm -hmm. and so now the mm -hmm. now the bedazzle one, that bedazzle trim that you put down. What what is that trim made of, or what is what is creating that bedazzleness? Yeah, so it's called when you go on our website, you can add this to any shield. It's okay. called bling around the shield. Look at that, um, and, and so really, That's what it Detroit. is? That's where are you from, Barbara? What city you from? He said he's from Detroit. Where are you from? I'm from Los Angeles, so they call me Hollywood. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, that's why you got the <laughs> no, 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 You got this no, point in Hollywood together. This is what the product is. I got the Motor City. I got Hollywood. No, 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 no. See, see, he know I've been in Detroit many times. Me and Steve Harvey used to go up there and do comedy shows and all that stuff up at the Fox Theater. So I know about dressing. So when he starts talking about Detroit, I know exactly what he's talking about. I lived in L.A. for 15 years. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Blink. So I, I got a strong mix of both of y'all conversation. Now, when yes. you started introducing the brand, okay, of course, like you said, the NBA thought this wasn't a good idea. How did you start introducing it on social media? Did you shoot videos? How did you guys start introducing the brand? Yes, I'll take that. I actually work at Facebook and Instagram, the number one social media company. Um, right. And what we see in particular, COVID-19, talk about the pivot. Right. So we pivoted to purely social media e-commerce mm -hmm. um, and we utilize our social media platform. We have amazing photographer and designers where we took some shots of people in the shield um, and we created organically the, the, the following on Instagram. What we also did, I'm also getting my MBA at UCLA. I want to shout that out. So he's not the only MBA in the house. Um, and what we did was we bypassed all the traditional ways in, and go to market, right? So you have your market analysis that right. takes years. Um, and we said, why don't we try this social media out? 
And so we had the direct to consumer interaction with our customers mm -hmm. that let us know that we were onto something. Mm -hmm. um, and Rush, I wanted to also mention, you talked about being trademarked. So one of the early signs that this was gonna be successful is when we were in the process of getting trademarked, there were over 10,000 applications right. for masks and shields. Right. Mm -hmm. But when mm -hmm. you talked about other people making money, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. many people saw this as an opportunity and right. many people that don't look like us. Absolutely. Um, and, so and I agree. And I can see, you know, that's why I'm happy about it because I have some friends, you know, they've been very successful with masks, okay? And I've helped them and dropped their information in my newsletter and dropped it on my social media because that's that's why I created money making conversations. And so when I when I look at African-Americans, clearly understanding the pivot, clearly understanding that and this is this is why I'm excited about it. And this is because of the fact that there's a vaccine coming out and black mm -hmm. people don't want to take it. They don't trust the system. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's time that in order for us to create trust, we got to move you guys face to the front of the line. You know what I'm saying? I will. And that's more than just me taking a photo with myself on it. I want to take a photo with you two to post on social media talking about it's a black couple that have invented, you know, the, these shields and you can buy from them online. So that's way more important than anything. Because that. that, that's going to encourage black participation. Blacks to say, I'll support it. Blacks may even take the vaccine. Because we understand that we don't want to be guinea pigs. Right. But mm -hmm. then also we want to be able to participate in the support system of profitability. And that's what you guys are doing with the shield. Look, it's, a health, it's, it's for health. It's for safety. COVID-19 safety allows you to create social distance. To me, it creates a better social experience. To me. Mm -hmm. I think that in the end, let's go and be honest, you can still eat. You can still you can still do a, put a straw. You can do a right, lot of yeah. things with yeah. this shield here, and that's what you kid. So all that was taken in consideration, Ernest, when you really started thinking about this whole process, huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we we thought about like you said the social experience, and that like you said we're going to be going through COVID in and out for the next couple of years. Yes. So we we recognize that, and our goal as entrepreneurs was was to embrace it not to act as if it didn't exist or to go into a shell of fear. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, and, and I'm going to be honest, my wife and I, I we, we did go through an initial phase of fear and I want the audience to know that fear is okay. Yes. In the, in the beginning, yes. but you got a short time. I, I, I have a window of fear mm -hmm. and that's probably two weeks right. to, to figure out how scared I'm going to be. Right. And after that, I got to come up. I got to come out of there right. with some with a plan. Right. You know, and my wife developed and, and Garrett Webster from South Africa, the four F's. You want to tell them about the four F's? Yeah. So we talk about the silent fear where Ernest was talking about. But the other four F's that we talk about is focus. Mm -hmm. Focus. Once you get out of the fear, focus on how do you lean in? Mm -hmm. and answer the call on where you're in, right? right. Mm -hmm. How do you lean into and meet the moment where it is? And then the faith, the faith, whatever anybody mm -hmm. practices, there's some faith that you have to know that you're going to get through this. There's some faith to know that you will have the answers um, and that you can prosper. We have a win-win a um, mentality of prosperity and abundance. Right. And so right. we were speaking out, we were a money magnet, we're an opportunity magnet. A lot of people were like, F 
2020. We did not speak Never that said. into the universe <laughs> because we knew that 2020 was going to be prosperous for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we talked about family. So we're mm-hmm. a family-owned business. We knew that we had to stick together during this tumultuous time. Right. And why not use this opportunity to build something beautiful together? And the last piece is future. What's mm-hmm. our future outlook of this? So to be quite honest with you, we've only been in business with Smashes for four months mm-hmm. and we've seen the Uber growth. And so when you talk about the future of it, we started to attract like-minded individuals mm-hmm. and do mm-hmm. partnerships. So mm-hmm. we're partnering with Sydney Jackson, mm-hmm. who has mm-hmm. a pageant beauty line. We're also partnering she's with Miss Teen USA. Let's like Miss Teen. She's Miss Teen DC USA, Sydney Jackson with her pageant beauty line. Mm-hmm. We're also partnering with um, Shamia from Atlanta Warren, Housewives. From Atlanta Housewives, mm-hmm. who's going to come out with a mask and shield combination. Absolutely, which is exciting. And then an Instagram influencer, Toy Hardy, who's also coming out with a shield and mask. So we were in the beginning, we saw this opportunity. And there are a lot of people that are now understanding that we're going to be in this for some time. Well, that's why I want to help promote you two. You know what I'm saying? You know, I like because I can easily put that shield on my face, money making conversation. I want that. Don't get me wrong. But also, like last week, a couple of weeks ago, I had the uh, a couple that were HBCU grads. They created a Clarence Claus. Nice. And uh, and I posted the picture of them two and their two children blew up. You know, they created Clarence Claus. And so I know the value of of support with African-Americans know that. They are creating this product that they could support is not somebody modeling a product. And that's what I would be. Right. I'll be modeling the product that they wouldn't know where it was, who created it. And so I want you guys to take a real nice photo. I probably already got it. I was just trying to be professional. I just try to be professional. You know, Ernie, you are the, you are the, we said to take the rush. We got you. Hey, go right there. Hey, go right there. <laughs> you know, get it to Samantha. And so let's let's get it up. Let's 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 build y'all brand. Let's build this brand. And, and, and my I've created money making conversation. It ain't about me making money. It's about me sharing your stories, about giving you a platform that's free, that I've been blessed with to be able to have the interviews. You guys been trusted me to tell your story, to share your story to my fan base. And in the end, by, the title of my show is Money Making Conversation. So if you come on my show and make a little money, then guess what? The conversation is real good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we like. We love the partnership. Well, just like I said, this is not even a partnership. The partnership is you came on the show. You've done your job. Our relationship yeah. is about me just showing you some tricks and marketing and branding, using the tentacles that I put out there and I've created. And also, but I, I want to market you too, okay? Mm-hmm. On my on my platform with a link to click to buy your product, and that's what I want to do. I do it on my Facebook page. I got nearly 800,000 followers on my Facebook page. I want to put you guys on Monday, on a Monday post before Christmas. So we want to turn this around real quick. Okay, my man, Rush. Uh, you know, <laughs> my man, uh, uh, Dale, he, uh, he's my program director. Samantha is my, uh, excuse me, uh, is my executive producer of Money Making Conversation. So we're going to get this together. But more importantly, it's not so much what you do outside your brand. Because again, Ernest, you explained. Look, you're entrepreneurs, okay? You're not eight to five. You're, you're dreamers with a goal and a purpose. And I just noticed, you know, underneath that shield, you got a little cold turtleneck on there, 
Ernest. I just noticed he got a turtle. Boy, I'm so mad at you. You know what? I'm, 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 I'm about to take this cover. What brand, what brand of turtleneck is that, man? I, I be so. Hey, man, this is, this, is, this is Hugo Boss, man. This is dude, this is one of my go tos. Man. I'm a Hugo Boss kind of guy, man. man I, I just didn't put the jacket. I, I, I didn't want to overdo it, but I got the Hugo Boss jacket to go on top of this. I see, I see it's you know, turtleneck. This is it right here. Oh. Cause you know I I love turtlenecks, man. I love yeah. That's I, that, that, that's one of my favorites. Cause the, cause the mask. See, that's where he got the mask on, so I can look through the mask. I can look through the mask. I said, does he have a turtleneck on? Right? Yeah, you know. See, that's the cool thing about it. he modeling. He just showed me. He can flip. Oh, see, I didn't know you could do that. Hey man, I like see, Showtime, see, man. We're in LA right now. Well, he just showed me he can flip the face up. See, a lot of oh, people, absolutely. they don't do that. They have to take the entire shield off their face and put nah, it down. we flip this up right here. See, that's all standard. That's all standard. We, 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 you know, we, we can sit them up there for a minute, have a uh -huh. conversation or sip or uh -huh. have a little food, right. and, and everything will be great. And maybe emergency, drop it back down. Somebody come by coughing or looking crazy. Yeah, <laughs> put it back down. Put that shield back up, baby. <laughs> Get back. Absolutely. So tell everybody again, Barbara, you know, how they can reach you guys uh, through social, through your website. So we can yeah. get this. And again, like I said, we're going to get everything else timed onto my social media and uh, let the let your blackness shine on my social media, okay? I appreciate that. Our IG is smile, so S-M-I-E-L-S, -S, shield, S-H-I-E-L-D. Mm -hmm. um, that's our IG. And then our website is smileshield.com, where you go in, you customize it, you bedazzle. We have some pre-made, um, easy, fast shipping. Customers are super happy. Well, I'm, I'm I'm happy. You know, the happiness. You're perfect couple for what your brand is selling, and uh, I'm just a, I'm just fortunate that I was at, at the end of the day. Y'all put a smile on my face. Y'all, oh, oh, come on, man. we love that. We we got a gift box coming for you too, Rush. Okay. I just want to make sure you know I'm making you a special Rush money making conversations gift box. Okay, cool. Well, That's I appreciate cool. that. I appreciate that making that happen. And uh, again, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. And uh, again, get those photos before Christmas. You can go to my Facebook page like at Rashawn McDonald. I think I got like seven hundred and ninety thousand followers or something like that. Every Monday. I put uh, the, in the PM, I put a, a, a entrepreneur or somebody on my show and they just, there's a motivational quote, quote tied to them. Okay. And I want to do the same for you too. And your smile shields and brand your entrepreneurial skills that, uh, you know, this is a black lives matter from an entrepreneurial standpoint and we're going to make it happen. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. I want to say you got one of the best podcast studios i ever seen no, no. Oh, it's, it's just no, 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 i'm no, feeling no. like i'm in a studio right now <laughs> oh, hey, Ernie, hold, Ernie. this ain't the complete version like i said my team know i'm gonna bring y'all back in 2021 it should be ready like before christmas but i'm gonna bring y'all back so we can talk about first of the year when they get those vaccines out there because like i said i'm gonna i'm really gonna we're gonna do some stuff because if i get some contracts with the with the with the military you know we're gonna come back you know, we're going to come back with y'all. We got it covered. We got some back in on that too, Rush. I'll talk to you about that later. Okay, cool. <laughs> we're going to win. Y'all be careful now. Love you both, okay? Love Thank you, man. Thank, Thank you, brother. Yeah. appreciate you so much. Okay, we talk soon, all right? All right. All right. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversations, please go to moneymakingconversations.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. Thank you. <laughs>